Hello and welcome to the Managing Uncertainty Podcast. This is Brian Strausser, Principal and Chief Executive here at BrightPath. And in episode 149, I'm going to be talking about things I wish I knew 10 years ago as a crisis management and business continuity professional. But I'm really going to go back to when I started in business continuity and crisis management. And that was almost 20 years ago in 2005. And really even earlier than that when I had some other responsibilities. But at the time, I was uh, working in crisis management and later business continuity for a Fortune 30 retailer uh, that I spent 21 years of my career with. And there were a handful, if I reflect on that time, there's a handful of things that I wish I knew at the start of this that I learned during my time in position and then later on kind of reflecting back on those times. The first one is, and, and some of you have heard me tell this story before, but when I was approached in the middle of 2009 about taking on an assignment overseeing crisis management business continuity for this organization, I had previously worked in that team. Now I was being asked to run the team. My prospective boss uh, that was speaking to me at the time asked me if I would be interested. And I'm, I looked at him and I'm like, well, look, I've done the crisis thing, but like I, I know nothing about business continuity. Why would you want me to do, why, you know, like, why would you want me to take that on? I'm not sure I'm the right fit. And Mike looks at me and goes, well, Brian, I'm not looking for somebody who is a business continuity expert. I have that. What I'm looking for is somebody who knows how to sell and explain and market the program across the organization to your peers, to executives, to business unit leaders, to major support function leaders. And you know how to do that. The team there does not. And it really made me think about where do I fit in that uh, role? And ultimately I decided, yes, I would take on the job. And, and I did go on to learn much more obviously about business continuity and crisis management and other areas I had responsibility for. But the thing I took away from that is that marketing your program, being able to explain simply and sell your program to leaders is just as important as how you structure and do the details of your program. The second thing, and this is directly connects to that, is that there is a direct connection between your company's strategy, the strategic objectives, the goals of your company, and the path to success for your business continuity and crisis management program. They have to be connected. And your program has to be structured in a way to support the strategic objectives that your leaders, your board, your executives are trying to achieve with the organization. I'll give you an example. My former employer, one of the things that started up circa 2011 or 2012 is they started buying other companies. And they were going after a couple things. They were looking to get access to particular markets. They were looking to buy a set of existing customers and integrate them into the larger organization. They were looking for certain expertise. Maybe it was a piece of technology. Maybe it was a team that was out there. And the, the plan was to buy that and then to either operate it as a standalone subsidiary or in some cases just integrate it fully over time into the organization. It was a brilliant plan. It worked quite well. But we had to make changes in our program to support that. And we saw that early on because the question that started coming up was, we're thinking about buying X. It's going to be a significant transaction, hundreds of millions or billions of dollars. 
What is the role of the business continuity and crisis management team in supporting that transaction? Well, I have due diligence questions. I want to know how to integrate it. I've now got to support it from a crisis standpoint. I got to support it with business continuity planning and the whole life cycle. How do I do those things? So that was just one example of how my strategy and program had to evolve to directly support the organization's strategies. And you got to do that as the program leader. You got to do it proactively. And that was one of the big things that I learned. The third is that the program, running the program as a leader, is not just about expertise. Yes, you need to know and understand business continuity and crisis management and crisis leadership and enterprise risk management and disaster recovery. These are all important things. But when you are leading and influencing upwardly, which is your main role as a program leader, it is not just about your expertise. It is about something else. 12 years ago, I went to the Harvard National Preparedness Leadership Initiative, a joint effort between the Kennedy School and the Chan School of Public Health. And I spent seven or eight months in this program across two trips to out to campus and a project in between. And one of the things we talked about in the public sector setting was the interface between your profession as an emergency management leader and the politicians. Because at some point, you're the head of your agency and you're interacting with somebody who is not an expert in what you do, but they have been elected to run the thing, the city, the county, the state, the, the country. And you have to run that interface, that relationship between your expertise and leadership and their role as an elected leader. In a company, it's not any different. It's the connection between your expertise as the leader and your ability to influence and lead upwardly where necessary. And I wish I had learned that earlier on. The fourth thing that I learned is that governance is not just there to show that we're ticking the box and that programmatic things are happening, but I would view governance as a tool to help solve my issues. And what I'm talking about specifically here is the idea of using your steering committee and your executive champions to put meaty issues on the table that need to be resolved and have that body, use that body, leverage that body to help you achieve those goals. The example that we tell clients a lot is the gap, on, the gap related to critical technologies that business teams need. In your business impact analysis, you're finding out what are the t critical technology dependencies from your business teams and when do they need those technology systems to be back up and running and what is the impact on the business when they're not? In almost every case where this is being done for the first time, we find big gaps between when the business team needs something back up and running and when IT can actually deliver the thing or when your vendor, in the case of a SaaS, can actually deliver the thing that you need. That gap is a perfect way of leveraging your steering committee. Put it on paper, show the gap very clearly, and let the group debate it. Which one of these, which of these gaps deserves to be closed? That's a governance decision. Where should the organization invest? Well, that's a governance and leadership decision. Which of these risks, these gaps, should be accepted for what they are? That's a leadership and governance discussion. So use it. Shifting gears now to talk a little bit about a couple things I've learned about crisis management. Uh, the first one is that crisis management above anything else is about people. It is about 
setting up your crisis management process to first value the safety and security of your employees, of your customers, of your partners and guests that are on site at your facilities. It starts there. And it also it evolves as well to taking care of your team for what may be weeks or months or years after something has impacted them in your workplace. The crisis management above all has to be about life safety, about taking care of your team. In my career at my former employer, there were there was at least one incident every year where there was loss of life, accidents, violent crime, and other things. And they were all horrible tragedies. And it reminded me that crisis management was about making sure first that we took care of the team. Then you can go on and take care of your assets and get your business operations back up and running. But it has to start with how do you take care of your team? Crisis management teams, a CMT, whatever you might call it, I've also learned they have to be a team. You have to treat them as a team, almost like you would a business unit. They need to meet regularly. They need to have relationships with each other. They need to know how each other are going to think and react in a scenario. And to do that, they have to practice in exercises and they have to get in the trenches together. It cannot be, your crisis management team cannot be something that gets together once a year. It's, it is just not going to work. You have to practice with them and you have to make that practice, those exercises realistic if you're going to actually capture the value of doing that. And then I've learned how important crisis leadership is. I've learned that that crisis response for your organization might come down to how well the crisis leader leads the organization through that particular crisis. Some leaders are just not cut out for this. We saw this illustrated earlier this week in the tragedy of the mass shooting in Texas at the Robb Elementary School, where, and we'll learn much more in the coming days and through the investigation that will follow, but we had a, a police agency in contradiction to every existing doctrine that exists on dealing with a mass shooter and actor shooter situation, in contradiction to their own training they had been through, in the critical moment, failed to lead and take the appropriate action. And it's similar in a crisis in a number of organizations that we've seen. You have to be able to lead effectively through that crisis situation. A crisis leader has to be able to mobilize the organization, seek collaboration within the crisis management team, seek consensus on what needs to be done, push them to that decision, and then oversee the execution of those actions in support of protecting the lives of their employees, and the recovery of their business operations. Crisis leadership can be taught. There are things that I've learned about how to teach that, but it is impossible to make it through a crisis without a good crisis leader in most circumstances. And the last thing I learned is that as a business continuity and crisis management leader in an organization, that you have to be willing to make yourself important. You have to be willing to push hard to advocate for the resources that you need for the programmatic elements that your your program needs, for your own mental health as you kind of work through those things, you have to be willing to make yourself important to go out and push and market and sell the program. 
particularly in organizations that maybe haven't had programs like this in the past. So in my experience, there's a few things I've learned over the past decade and really the, the decade prior to that during my time in crisis management. What have you learned? Come on over to our private Facebook group for resilience professionals and we can continue the conversation there. That's it for this edition of the Managing Uncertainty podcast. We'll be back next week with another new episode. Be well.